Business success is a function of the knowledge that you gather on your journey and how you integrate it and apply it. Austrian economics pulls it all together for you. How? Yusuf El Moayed tells his knowledge story. This is the Economics for Business podcast. We are here to help all businesses become champions for customers and value, improving lives with preferred and innovative products and services. We offer you the knowledge and tools to make your entrepreneurial journey a successful one. Now, here's your host, Hunter Hastings. Hi, Hunter Hastings here. Our subject this week is knowledge. It's critical for your business. The right knowledge at the right time applied in the right way moves you forward. Someone said, it was actually the business writer, Peter Drucker, that business is knowledge applied to knowledge by knowledge workers. Error or a lack of knowledge can hurt. And as we say around here, processing your knowledge through the wrong theory or the wrong mental model can hurt even more. A good way to think about knowledge is that it's a process. Not so much a process in the sense of step-by-step or brick-by-brick, but in the sense of a flow of constant change and newness, a river of knowledge, a state of becoming, not a state of being. You start with the knowledge you pick up in school and from the world of friendships and learning while growing up, and you add tributary streams of academic knowledge and travel and interacting with others and reading and doing and learning and adapting. Our guest today will point us to studying history and psychology and linguistics and philosophy and comparative religion, as well as math and computer science and political science and business disciplines. This multidisciplinary approach, combined with a drive to understand people and their values and their preferences and their behaviors, will give you a kind of knowledge-based impetus to succeed in business. And economics, and most especially Austrian economics, brings all this knowledge from all the multidisciplinary streams together and integrates it around the core theme of human action, how and why people act and choose and decide, and how they interact, and how prices and products and firms and service systems emerge from these interactions, and how they grow and expand through innovation and imagination, and how you yourself can act to influence outcomes. Yusuf El-Mawayed runs a concrete business based in Bahrain, part of a family conglomerate of businesses. It's a complex business requiring the procurement of raw materials, both locally and imported, the manufacture of products to exacting standards, the provision of on-time and efficient service and deliveries, relationship management, cash flow management. The business involves high-cost capital goods and careful economic calculation of the revenue from those capital goods in an environment of fluctuating costs and ever-changing market prices. His university education was in engineering, math, and computer science. The rest of his knowledge gathering is self-directed, including the reading and thoughtful analysis of Austrian economic texts and the practical application of the principles gleaned from that nonstop reading. Yusuf, welcome back to the Economics for Business podcast. Thank you, Hunter. It's lovely to be here on your podcast. Well, it's great to have you back again. And we're going to talk about a very special kind of journey story today. We love to tell business journey stories because there's a lot to learn from them. And they're typically sequential, how a business starts and 
the changes along the way and how an entrepreneur adapts to those and the outcomes and the insights, they're, they're very helpful pieces of learning. Uh, today, you're going to help us with a very different kind of journey, which is important to everybody. Uh, it's a knowledge journey. And we're going to think about how entrepreneurs and individuals, anybody in business, accumulates, gathers, combines, synthesizes knowledge and skills and applies them in business, even if they're not particularly business-oriented from the beginning. And uh, you're a great believer, I know, in multidisciplinarity. Let's use that academic term, but lots of information from different places that you can synthesize. So that's our goal today. Let's let's begin wherever you want to begin. Okay, let let me start with um, economics and then jump backwards. So um, when when I started studying uh, economics, I realized that not everyone sees its practical application immediately. And I was tr- I was thinking about you know why is that? Why don't they why don't they see its immediate application in in business as soon as you read it like for me, it uh, like it awoke something inside me, and and uh, suddenly uh, so many things made sense from from many areas. So I'd I'd like to start with um, where I started, and then how I got to economics, and and where that led me after there, and then through the process of of applying it. Um, so first, um, I'd like to say that you know my my education was wasn't uh, so organized. So I didn't go to one school, and I changed schools, and I even went to a boarding school in the U.S. So so from a young age, I traveled abroad, and you know traveled with my uh, family to. Uh, Europe on on holidays, and um, from from there after school, I I did a lot of traveling myself in places which I haven't visited, which are like uh, you know Asia, which is nearer by than uh, Europe and 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 the U.S. So I, I traveled in Yusuf's uh, in Bahrain. So that's the, that's the place oh. to locate him in your mind. <laughs> Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So from from Bahrain, um, I traveled to India, and then later, you know, I I had this idea. So this is in uh, two thousand, and I, I two thousand and two thousand one, and I decided to um, explore China and go to China, and and I then enrolled in a Chinese course and traveled there and did a lot of other traveling. Um, in in these places, um, what I want to highlight is you know the traveling, you know, by itself doesn't uh, um, give you a full picture of what's going on. So with with traveling and studying abroad, um, you know my my early interests were. Uh, let's start from from my early interests. So my early interests were were math and science, and then. I was always interested in applying math and science. So I wasn't into pure math so much as the topics that have interesting applications. And in science, I was interested more in uh, chemistry and physics. And and 
the, later in, in um, the end of my schooling, um, I uh, took a computer science class and it was a beginning uh, programming class, which it was a complete coincidence. And at the end of the class, at the, at the end of the semester, I suddenly found it so interesting. It didn't immediately be so interesting. I didn't realize the whole picture and the logic and the logic that goes into it and the thought process that goes into it. So, so later I re, uh, so I, I redid a, another computer science class, a full year class. And that was, this was really my exposure. And, and in, in that class, I got to, um, I had a very interesting uh, person who originally tutored me math, who then got me into computer science. So all he did is he taught me computer science, and then he got me into uh, Linux and other Linux-related subjects. So, so that was just my technical background. So you can say it's a STEM, a STEM background. Yeah. And from there, uh, when I traveled to China and, and relocated to China, I realized that there are lots of things that I don't understand. And from there, I, I went into other topics of interest, like uh, history. And uh, history, you can see it, you can connect with history through your travels. And you, you connect uh, your travels and your experiences. And when you read about history, you try and reconstruct uh, what what went on there. and. You know, so so other other things came up while I was in China. For example, uh, you know, linguistics and and studying languages and and using you know linguistics and linguistics knowledge to confirm things that took place in history and and tracing migrations and contact and shared vocabulary. And this is you can do this in uh, in Chinese. You can do this in in Arabic with looking at the dialects and and it just it just uh, was a fascinating topic for me at that time and later from there i went i i got into anthropology and um, other other related topics and i'll show you how all these things um uh, connect here um the 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 th some things that I found strange, like some some experiences which I can say uh, had a an influence on me. Looking looking back, um, I would say it's uh, uh, you know meeting all the yeah the experience you get in university, meeting all the people, learning about their countries. Uh, there are many Africans uh, living in China, and I used to, you know, read articles in their country, and then I used to go back and ask them about their country. So there was a big broadening of uh, my knowledge and, and understanding. You know what what what's exported from China? I was in a city uh, called uh, Guangzhou, um, where they they speak Cantonese there, and there are lots of foreigners there, and and it's and everyone is exporting different stuff to different areas. So that was um, a, a kind of you know look at the market and and what everyone is interested in, and and uh, and uh, you know the demand in Africa for what type of goods and and. Uh, where the demand is coming from, what 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 different people are doing. So 
I met uh, businessmen that were very small compared to what I imagined. Something like something from maybe uh, 50 years ago. You know, they would just export a few boxes of stuff and they'd say, I'm a, I'm a businessman. So, so there are businessmen that operate on, on uh, that level too. So I, I just found that interesting interacting with, with all these people. Um, another thing I wanted, which I found also interesting is, is, you know, when you travel, you encounter different, um, uh, you know, re- religious traditions, especially in India. And I started noticing, for example, in, 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 in China, um, since religion is officially banned, uh, certain things start in communism, start looking like a religion. You know, so so for example, some countries, especially uh, you know North Korea, and there were some North uh, Koreans in the university, and they you know held a badge with their leader, and they uh, were a certain way. So so this got me exposed to um, what China went through in their uh, communist period and the reforms that they uh, did after that. Another travel experience which made me ask a lot of questions about uh, communism was uh, visiting uh, Cambodia. And uh, they have some uh, grizzly tours in uh, Phnom Penh if, if you visit there. And, and you could see the, the killing fields and the massacres, how they took place. So, so it takes you to a different place. And you try to understand what uh, was going on. And you ask questions about uh, you know what what China went through what what uh, what communism actually looks like so you, you get a you get a glimpse of that so you can you can visit uh, government owned hotels so you can imagine the level of service you know so 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 for them ideally uh, zero customers is, is optimal because they get the least amount of work so they have these uh, dinosaur institutions we can say that that you might not see in in other places if 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 you if you never uh, visited uh, china and had these experiences so so it was just connecting the history and and broadening your your uh, how do i say like your your experience and 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 collecting all these examples which obviously later when it came to um uh, economics, uh, all of these things started making sense and, and coming together. So let me, uh, let me just ask you, yeah. let me ask you one uh, perspective question there, Yusuf. You said you, know, you got to China and you realized there was a lot of things you, you didn't understand. And then this, this caused you to get into these avenues of investigation. Uh, what can you tell us about that mindset? I mean, it sounds like it's very uh, it's very open. You're 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 inquiring without necessarily coming to conclusions early. You're 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 investigating. Is that accurate? Yes. So I was in an exploratory phase, and I wasn't really thinking I'm going to apply this in business. I did buy, you know, some. I did collect a lot of books, and I I do have a love of learning, but I have to learn things only things that I'm interested in. So even though I didn't excel in um, English or Arabic in school, 
But when it was when language was presented from a linguistics perspective and it connected with history and all these other subjects, you could tell a lot about people and even you know slight differences in their accent. I love guessing where people are from, for example. So this is uh, it, it. Just the same su- the su- same subject presented in a more scientific way, all of a sudden became uh, fascinating. And you could tell a lot of infer- you can tell a lot about people just from one sentence. It's packed with information from from the way they pronounce words, the stress, uh, even the intonation, uh, and and it's packed with information that can be analyzed. And so that uh, open it, the subject opened that up to me. Yeah, good listening. One more question that I'd like to ask from what you said, going back a little bit earlier, you said at some point there was a great revelation about the the internal logic of uh, of computer programming. Tell us about that. What did you What did you learn about logic there? Well, you know, the, the, when we first started, it seemed because the name of the program was uh, QBasic, Quick Basic. I thought that you know the 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 language was oversimplified and i didn't see the problem solving aspect of it the problems they gave us were fairly simple and um i i just didn't see the beauty of it i didn't see the whole thing coming together so so in the last project uh, we were stuck and i called my math teacher i told him hey didn't you uh, don't you do something related to computer said yeah, yeah and then he he came there and when he started explaining to me things and and pointed out uh, flaws in my thinking and I, I i thought wow you know that's uh, it's very interesting it's very deep so i i signed up for a more advanced course the next year and started from from zero and i i did really well in it and they even canceled the class but i begged the teacher to keep taking the class and he he told me you he's not going to teach any lessons so i went over the lessons with my tutor at home and i um i uh, went through the programs in the end he failed me and accused me of uh, cheating and hiring hiring a professional actually that's what he said he said i hired a professional to do the work and that's an offense. Just so good. So that, so for me, I mean, I'm the only one that knows this. So, so for me, that's that's better than a full passing marks. Yeah, a compliment. And the reason he suspected I cheated was because I couldn't remember some equations. So I'm bad at uh, memorization. I couldn't remember some equation that generates random numbers, and then I just you know gave up the last uh, problem. I just gave it up. I couldn't solve it, and then I. Because I, you know, I have a bit of a perfectionist streak, which is not good. When uh, you know submitting work, it delays you, and 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 it's not uh, it's not a it's not a good thing uh, many times. But now I'm more iterative. Like, okay, we're not going to be able to discuss everything I had in mind during this podcast. I might miss a few things. I might say things not in, in not the best way. But next time, I hope to do better. <laughs> So you've mentioned economics as bringing all of this multidisciplinarity and this learning and this knowledge and these observations together. Tell us about your interaction with economics and how you see economics now. 
Okay, so so when I uh, came back, so I had all these very uh, how do I say very divergent interests, and and they were mainly in the social sciences. I didn't fully understand what's meant by social sciences, but I was interested in understanding people. Let's just uh, mm-hmm. put it like that. And um, the working in, in business, I realized that I didn't have sufficient understanding. So my ignorance became very apparent that I didn't understand what was going on around me. I didn't understand people well enough. and. Um, I just uh, stumbled upon uh, economics from Ron Paul, and I, I didn't know anything. So I just read Mises, and 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 I went through Human Action. It was it was a very difficult read. So for a person that is not not a native English language speaker, uh, it's a very difficult read. So 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 ten minutes of Mises would make me exhausted and that would <laughs> that would put me to sleep also that would be a good uh bedtime or a sleeping pill <laughs> which i never take sleeping pills but i do have trouble going to sleep so that's a perfect solution for going to sleep and uh, uh the um so what what mises highlighted in 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 this uh in his work and in, in in human action, I I spotted a lot of the things that he talked about going on, and I was fascinated. He even predicted uh, controlling population numbers. So this book is written in the fifties, and and China did that in the in the seventies. So 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 I, I saw a lot of um, insight there, and I could confirm some of his findings from. You're reflecting backwards on my observations and, and what I remember. I could confirm what he said was true, but exactly how he reached those conclusions was was completely beyond me at that point when I started reading. So this is uh, 2011. So so here I am. I'm reading economics, and I, I concluded one thing. So I read straight through the book. So beginning to end, and I, d- I didn't stop. I couldn't stop. I was just too interested. and But I couldn't understand everything. I, I just said to myself that I'm going to take as long as it takes, even 10 years, I have to understand this book fully. It took less than 10 years. So the, I'm ruining the <laughs> spoiler alert. So it took less than 10 years. But, but the confidence and... Uh, it took time to build confidence in 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 my understanding and 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 predicting so so the book also so economics opened a lot of other subjects like you know philosophy and uh you know which you know connects back with uh you know so so philosophy has some connection with 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 religion and 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 you know politics, uh, political science, and ethics, and and you know e- economics allows you to see values. So so you can uh, quickly distill. You know what a, a religion like. What what are their values? What what does it represent? And and philosophy also. And later, I came to realize that people 
each person has a certain philosophy, even though they didn't fully articulate it, they do have a philosophy. And each people, each, each person believes in certain theories, even though they don't say, I, I believe in the, this theory or that theory, but they have a theory of how reality works. And, and, and if I do this, this is going to happen. And, and, and they, they, they see things inside, inside that framework, even though they didn't fully realize it and understand the full consequences of, of their, uh, let's call it philosophy or, or theory. So, so economics uh, brought out people's values and, and, and made uh, actions become uh, analyzable uh, to me. So, so you can map out actions to values um, and, and interpret what's going on around you and, and the decision-making going, uh, going on around you. Um, and then again, you know, economics then reconnects back with history and, and, and you start seeing different, um, different uh, periods of history and you start coming up with new interpretations of the same uh, events and you could spot mistakes just, because they they violate theory, so something couldn't have caused something else. You know, so 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 history is. Um, I mean, a lot of people use history to justify whatever they're doing uh, today, or they use historical precedents to justify whatever is going on today. So the other subjects that opened up uh, law, understanding laws, understanding the economic effects of laws and the incentives that they put in place the effect of these laws and you know the legislation on the business environment and what it in encourages uh, people to do and 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 what it uh, dis disincentivizes some laws you know make you organize your company in a certain way uh, if, especially if they're related to taxes or other things so it opened up all this uh, area for analysis and you know, understanding of money that connects directly to accounting, uh, understanding of the business cycles and increases in the supply of uh, credit and money and credit. It, it distorts your accounts and it, it makes entrepreneurs uh, misjudge, uh, misjudge um, prices. It distorts prices. So, so it distorts the, the signaling system as, uh, as Hayek calls it the signaling system of the of the prices let me let me ask you a question where i have a lot of trouble uh yusuf with um economics is about people and about understanding their decision making and choices and their motivations mises calls it praxeology um and i wonder about the boundary between that and psychology uh and okay. i think mises would say we stop short of psychology. We can get all of our understanding of people deductively through the, the economic method. What, what's your experience of that boundary between praxeology and, and psychology? Well, okay, he's, he's absolutely right. There is that boundary. But if you want to apply um, your insights better, it would do you good to understand people better. Uh, someone that, another person that, opened up psychology to me is um, 
Jordan Peterson, who's now uh, who's now quite famous. Uh, but I saw him for the first time. I you know I think it was on BlueRockwell.com or something. So so from there he has whole series of lectures on uh, personality and his other one on maps of meaning and another one on Bible stories. The one I did uh, completely was was the personality course. So I, I found that uh, fascinating because it gave me another thing that I could uh, uh, see in, in people. And it's, it's really easy to, to see because... Um, you know the big five traits. I I can I can, uh, you know, just someone someone that I know. I can immediately tell you what what his uh, big five uh, profile is. A- anyone that you know, you can you can you can guess it. It's it's, it's quite simple. Um, but I found uh, like I'll, I'll give you some of the basic insights. Like uh, you know, extroversion would be usually be good with sales. Uh, conscientiousness, he said, is a big predictor of success. Um, and it's also a big predictor of, of conservatism, which, which uh, not a lot of people know because, you know, conservatives want things to be orderly. They're, they have more of a craving for order and, and clear boundaries between things. So it is, it is a predictor for uh, political uh, conservatism. Um, and and that is interesting. So Peterson says that people that are less conservative might uh, less conservative might be more creative and might uh, you know explore new ideas, and then more conservative people would then become the managers and keep this idea going in a company. But anyway, this this uh, so, so exploring psychology also gives you insight into people, you know, their development. Uh, where they, uh, where you know, whatever's holding them back, they can, you know, y- you you can help them uh, deal deal with that, and 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 you know, help them understand themselves uh, better. And of course, you have to understand yourself first before you help <laughs> others yeah. understand themselves. Yeah. But yeah. but this was another thing that opened up. So so I, I see all these social sciences all helping you understand people. And then when you understand people, which is the key insight here is understanding individuals, then you can move up to groups and, and look at you know commonalities in, in groups and in, in, in companies. And in companies, you know, they, they have companies have a a value system and, and if, if they fun I mean if they function well are well functioning companies, let me qualify that uh, statement. So, so well-functioning companies, they, 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 they have a value system and they bring people that believe in these values and they, they, um, they put them together, they want them to cooperate, they um, want this institution to be working. You know, if somebody sees something wrong, they should be able to say that this thing is wrong. It does not fit in with the value system. And, and that creates a an environment of trust and, and, and cooperation within a company and helps uh, the company run better it helps you know so so with these insights you can uh, you can align interests you can 
you can look at how to align interests of you know the workers with their supervisors with the CEO with the owner so we're we're trying to align everyone's interests and achieve a a shared goal that we agreed on ahead of time yeah a quick note economics for business is a uniquely austrian platform to help entrepreneurs build value generating businesses at every stage of the entrepreneurial journey We've now launched online with an outstanding database of entrepreneurial knowledge, tools to solve specific business problems, and a community exchange to share information and experiences. Check it out at econforbusiness.com. That's E-C-O-N, the number four, business.com. Explore and let us know what works best for you in the feedback section. Now, back to our conversation. Well, let, let, let's go into that application. You said, sure. I don't know how much uh, you can tell us about your business, but part of it, as I understand it, is when you, when you first came into that, that uh, role, you, would, you were in a position of what we'd call over here a, a turnaround, uh, a business that maybe was struggling or didn't have its way clearly. Maybe its value system wasn't wasn't entirely sorted out, and you changed it and made it very very successful. So, what what can you tell us about the application of knowledge, what you've just described, to that situation? Okay. Uh, see, I arrived back home uh, during the right after the crash of two thousand and eight. So, so it was two thousand nine when it was really felt here. So, this is when I started working in this company and. My family asked me to to uh, to um, help. They basically told me. My father just said, "You know, just train there. You like fixing stuff, and you like getting your your hands dirty." And you know, uh, I do have these interests also in fixing and repairing things. So he said, "This is a hands-on industry. It is a concrete company um, that handles uh, raw materials and delivers concrete and concrete products. And there's another division which uh, does dredging, marine marine dredging. So um, the, the, the person that was running it had cancer and he was being treated. So my father said, you know, we just need someone there. We don't have anyone. And so just sit there. It wasn't really a formal training program. No one was going to teach me. And um, I had to just figure things out and, and, and without a, a, a real role. So I was just at a, a small office. Oh, actually, when I first started, I was wearing overalls and working in, in the garage. But when the, when the office was ready, I, I took a small office and just sat there. So, so I was interested in you know, getting HR, getting an HR manager and uh, getting a managerial accountant. And, um, you know, I wasn't successful in the beginning, but uh, with, with these people, so I didn't make the right choices with these people, but, but eventually uh, I, I did get it right. And uh, with, with, with some assistance, of course, from, from my extended family and, and selecting uh, people. But uh, then, then this company, uh, I, we were able to make a turnaround. So the turnaround... Uh, happened from 2000 and say 2000 
2013, 2014 onwards. And yeah, what I can say here is in this time period between 2011 and 2013, I didn't have that much work. And it's during this time which I completely got into Austrian economics. I, I was listening to it in the car. I was reading it all day, every every free minute I had, I, 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 at that time I was reading on an iPad. And the Mises Institute were very generous. They offer all this material for free. And eventually I, I visited um, the Mises Institute in 2014. And just to you know, make sure I'm, I'm on board and I understand all these things properly, because I was just reading on my own and I didn't have I didn't have many people to talk to. So this is quite difficult because you don't have anyone to talk to and you need, you need to have someone with you to, to, to talk to and discuss these problems. Eventually I found uh, people to talk to about uh, economics. And um, so, so here is where the application started. Uh, what's interesting is because you're working in an industry, you can't just buy a book and understand this industry. You can't just read analysis of prices. You have to come up with the original analysis yourself. And prices, they, each price change, there is a whole story behind it and the interpretation of what happened that caused these price changes. What was interesting in my case is that I live on an island, so all the, raw, all the building materials are imported, most of them. And the, there are a few players in this sector, so it's easy to isolate variables. So I'm kind of a, you know, an extension of Crusoe on an island, <laughs> right? Crusoe, a thousand years later. Yeah. So, but uh, um, so, so it was easy to, to see things. And there are many times where uh, just, um, you know, j- just, just looking at things with a clear mind and, and observing what's going on, some circumstantial evidence, some things you can see with your eyes, you know, how big, how big certain stockpiles are. And then you can judge the supply and demand of the market. Um, and, and, and then you can take positions. So should you, for example, store three or four months of material, or should you reduce your stock to a two, two week supply or a mm-hmm. one month supply? So it depends on you know the, the weather, the uncertainty, because you know bad weather materials can't come into the country, which is more common in winter than in summer. And in the summer, you get you know very calm uh, weather in terms of wind and waves, so the 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 materials don't get disrupted by bad weather, and and the prices crash to their lowest point during the summer months, which is uh, you know J- June, July, and August, mainly July and August. So, so these, these observations were able to take positions and sometimes against, uh, you know, the hype of the market. So people, you know, they sometimes try to, uh, you know, make you feel there's a scarcity when, you know, your direct observations counter that. So, so, so taking positions there, okay, this is not operational. So you say you have to, you have to distinguish between, um, operating profit and speculative profit. Mm -hmm. So this is a speculative profit, taking positions on materials or buying steel, you know, one year ahead of time, if you think, you know, the price is at at its low point, 
Luckily, my manager is a good observer of the steel prices, and and that's his talent. You know, buying mm-hmm. steel and and uh, and uh, stocking it up. So he is good at that. Um. So this is this is the these are the kind of decisions that that I need to make. Um. A lot of other decisions decisions which are more complicated, which have to do with capital. Here, uh, Austrian economics helped me. Um, understand things because you know if you have old equipment, the the breakdowns are high, the maintenance cost is high. Um, another problem which we used to have and it's uh, less so is that we used to have subsidized fuel, so people would you know have really old machinery and we used to have subsidized electricity, which you know, the subsidy is is being removed now. But so 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 people would have really old machinery and they would they would keep it running. So, so a lot of people, I realize, they don't have the sophistication. They're accounting to 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 decide on when is the optimal time to to dispose of certain uh, machinery and and capital uh, capital goods. So, so this this is a complicated accounting um, uh, process where where you track, you know, your your. Your output and your input and your expenditure and and you're you're managing your capital. So so here, um, th- this is where Austrian economics gave me insights into accounting and understanding. Um, you, you know, the, the the basic unit of accounts is, is money, and and when there are distortions in money, you know, if the prices go up, it can make an asset uh, suddenly viable, uh, and then if if the prices go down. That asset can then suddenly be not viable. So, so you have to price in also the future expectations of of the prices. Another thing that I have to deal with in this region is um, the the money in this region is from selling oil, and mm-hmm. the oil price affects government expenditure because oil oil is owned by uh, the government entirely, with maybe some joint ventures. But the oil price causes, if, if the oil price shoots up, it causes a boom. And, and then you get a lot of overcapacity in, in, in construction and contracting and, and even in, in this business, which is a concrete business. So, so this oversupply, and then, and then, and then later when, when the boom is over, uh, you have so much excess capacity. So, so, so running things efficiently, um, becomes very important in the in the downturns. So Austrian business cycle theory is very real to you. To me it is real and it's affected by commodity prices because the, the I mean the the good thing is that you know the 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 proceeds from selling this commodity uh, gets spent in the country. You know? So so maybe many um, other countries they let's say some I don't know, an, an, an African country, just some random African country with oil, they may, you know, they may just keep 20% of, of the proceeds and 80% would just leave the country. So, so here, okay, I can see some, um, I mean, some benefit to, to the, 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 the government ownership relatively to, to, to other countries, just relatively. And um, obviously that would, Come with other problems, but but um, 
Yeah, and, and other insights of economics, you know, in, in analyzing, um, you know, the, the, the political environment and um, it, 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 does give, it does give solid insights into what, what's going on. And, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, precedents by, by uh, sorry, there are lots of his, historical books written by the Mises Institute, and they talk about a lot of economic history. And I see a lot of parallels in, in their uh, history writings. You see a lot of parallels on the ground. Because here, you don't have um, so many historians and analysts. So, so a lot of these things, you know, you're on your own when you come to a conclusion or an insight and, or, or make a prediction. You don't have, I don't have a community to, to share this with. But, but I did, you know, accumulate some interesting uh, friends and, and people and mentors that, that, um, I share these insights with and have a back and forth uh, dialogue. And, and, you know, when you, when you get any of these insights or make any of these predictions, you have to run them by people because there is no way you can spot every variable or every possible, uh, you know, c- contingency or, or any, any things that can disrupt or change the course of your uh, uh, prediction. So, so, so you need to run them by managers. You need to run them by people, and 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 see if if they spot any problems. You can't just you know just by yourself make a prediction and and uh, and take a position on things. That's that's very risky. I mean, I, I wouldn't do that. I always I always ask other people's opinions. Yeah, well, that's very that's Austrian economics too. Hayekian distributed <laughs> knowledge. It's uh, it's highly distributed. It's tacit, and sharing it is is adding value. Yes. So what I find interesting is, you know, this, this roundabout approach I took to learning business gave me a very different foundation than, than most other people. And, and when I read, you know, content published by Harvard Business School, it, it, it doesn't look deep at all. You know, they might have a, you know, some observations which could be, you could say they're coincidences or they only apply in this place and this time and this country. The, the the general knowledge that you gain from from studying Austrian economics, the, the knowledge is very general. It's so general you can apply it to anything. Like okay, I'm I'm sitting on a chair. You can analyze the market for chairs. You know the supply and demand of chairs and all their types of <laughs> all the types of chairs out there. So so I'm just saying that that the 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 knowledge it's it's very theoretical it's very strange that it's so theoretical and it it unfolds from axioms but it's so uh, practical and and it can it can be applied anywhere so this this is this is, this is why i wanted to i just wanted to share this uh, intellectual journey that that i had and and maybe others can you know take a different path and we can meet on. Uh, oh, we have to congratulate you on the uh, the new E four B business dot com website. Uh, and it's, I believe, it's in its beta version now, or it's open to. Yeah, it's open open to everybody. We're publicizing it now. But to your point, so, uh, Yusuf, one so of I the hope people that go on these other journeys and take a different path. We can join 
on this platform that was created to to apply this knowledge. So it's not a simple task, but but every every person has their own unique journey and their own unique uh, insights that they have, and and I think that uh, me just being in touch with you know the Mises Institute, attending their courses, and 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 um, you know, going through the knowledge one more time through le- their lectures and just confirming what I know to be correct and just solidifying the solidifying the base let's call it and this this uh you know so so i i'm the product after 10 years of the mises institute as my main uh, source of uh, learning and i hope others can join and we can have these interesting discussions and and uh, and uh, you know bounce ideas off of each other so i have an idea i'd Love uh, constructive criticism and other people telling me how my idea won't work, so I can just keep that in mind when when I'm applying. Uh, so, so th- th- this is the this is the journey, and and I I didn't find everyone saw the practical side of it, but there are famous people that did see it. There are people in the uh, financial sphere. There are people like. Um, Charles Koch, who who clearly applied the knowledge, but I don't feel he he uh, you know he he gave people the same base that he depended on to learn that. I don't feel he shared it uh, well enough with with his readers from from his books. He didn't point them. Okay, read this list of books. Right. Like, right. I, I can I can make you a long list of books to read. Well, maybe you'll right. maybe we'll do that. Uh... Or the resources for the podcast. I, so two things. One, we should be congratulating you, Yusuf, because you're the the uh, the, Thank leader, you. <laughs> the leader in assembling all of this knowledge, but then applying it, and then thinking about how you apply it, and and continuing to learn, which is which is exemplary. We do have on economics for business, since you mentioned it, a, a community section where we're hoping that people like you will get together and share ideas or ask questions or um, float uh, different concepts and we'll get discussions going so that we can we can all learn together as a community that's part of our goal I mean that, that sounds great I mean I look forward to all the different uh, people you know bringing in their perspectives and and uh, and then maybe one day you know we can organize a conference and mm-hmm. and meet in person right or, or if somebody's traveling you know they they may meet up on on their own but but it, it is very it's very exciting being a part of this uh, um community and and uh, being able to learn so much and i really am humbled by uh the 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 professors you know they are also very humble and approachable and not arrogant at all um and i i have to mention um uh, People like Peter Klein, Professor Peter Klein. He he is a he was an amazing resource for connecting the economic knowledge, the, the theoretical knowledge, connecting it with the management literature. So yeah, I, I I missed one step. So I learned about Peter Klein and and his um, his uh, insights and applying. Uh, 
Austroeconomics to uh, organizations and and, uh, and 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 management, and from there, that is only through him was I then later able to, you know, read the old you know Harvard Business School books which I bought and then you know see right through them and and uh, and see okay this is a very shallow insight that this guy is sharing with us and he didn't at all share with us how he was able to come up with this analysis. So he never started from axioms. He just assumes you know because you're working in business. Right. So that's that's part of what we're trying to do also is that bridge between the, as you say, the brilliant insights and research that the the professors do and then actual business applications and learning from that, feeding back to the the professors. And so that's our that's our speciality, I think. You know, when when you meet more people and and uh, get appointed on boards, and you start having uh, interesting discussions on on governance and, and and boards and 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 try and improve things, a lot of people uh, are very happy with you know the insights that I come up with in in, in board meetings and and. Um, I feel that the, you know this knowledge can can be applied at all levels, but but it it seems to have uh, it seems to be better placed at, at higher levels of the organization. I think it would give anyone an advantage that had this. If you were a manager, a board member, an investor, or wherever you are, I feel it would uh, definitely give you an edge over others. Well, it's a great place to uh, wrap up, Yusuf. We're calling it the Austrian edge, and uh, that's, okay. that's, that's, that's the <laughs> sounds, advantage that we think we good. can bring to people. Thank you Thank so you, much Hunter. for sharing this knowledge journey, and, and uh, we'll come back again and talk about maybe the, uh, the higher level, the investors and the board members. I like that perspective. <laughs> and I hope the discussion can continue on on uh, the new platform. Exactly. Okay. Thank you, Yusuf. Thank you much. Economics for Business is a production of the Mises Institute. To explore more content like this, visit econforbusiness.com. And for more from Hunter Hastings, visit hunterhastings.com.